0: Welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast by Focus on the Family Singapore. Family life can be crazy and chaotic. So join us
1: as we figure it out together. Hello and welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast. My name is June and I'm your host for this episode. In each episode of the Parent Ed Podcast, we will be tackling questions that parents are asking about family life, parenting, marriage, work life and more. We will be speaking with everyday parents and practitioners as they share with us their experience and practical ideas. We hope that you will keep tuning in to learn with us and to grow personally in your journey as parents. Trust is at the core of all positive human relationships, especially between parents and their children. For kids and teens, knowing their parents trust them can deepen their sense of safety in the world, support their self-esteem and confidence as they try new things, and assure them you have their back even when things don't go according to plan. For parents, having a trusting relationship with your child means you're more likely to have an open dialogue and a strong relationship. But how do you begin building a trusting relationship in your family? And what do you do when trust is broken between a parent and a child or teenager. Joining me today in this podcast is Jenny, a pastor of a local church and author of Simple Tips for Happy Kids. And also joining us today is her daughter, Abby. They will be sharing with us some of their insights in building trust and supportive relationships in the family. Welcome to the Paranet Podcast, Jenny and Abby. Hi, And Thanks for joining us today.
2: Glad to be here. Yeah.
1: Thanks for having us. Thank you. Would you like to start us off by introducing a bit about yourself, what you're doing?
2: Hi, everybody. My name is Jenny, and I work in the city of Singapore. I lead community initiatives, and my heart is really to help every person flourish personally, as well as in the systems that they are part of, and a key system that every one of us is part of. is the home. is the family. So this is an area of great interest to me. I myself became a parent at uh, the grand old age of 33. Abby here is my firstborn and the parenting journey has been extremely enjoyable and rewarding even though it's also extremely challenging. My name's Abby. I'm 23 this
0: year and mm-hmm. I'm currently in year 3 of university so I'll be finishing my studies next year. So me and my mom were just washing our hair at the <laughs> salon and then she mentioned you at this podcast so I decided to come along <laughs> and accompany her so I'm here.
1: Thanks
2: for yes. having me. I brought an accomplice Mm -hmm. today.
1: (laughs) Thanks for sharing, both of you. I think it really shows the level of trust you have (laughs) in your mom. just coming here out of the blue without knowing like what's waiting for you, right? You know, from a child's point of view, you often hear like teens saying, "Why is it that my parents don't trust me at all? They don't let me do this and they don't let me do that. They are so controlling and they don't give me permission to do many things. What can I do to gain their trust? I'm sure many of us find this familiar and it really reflects the desire of children to gain their parents' trust. Perhaps even as they grow, they probably yearn for more trust and autonomy. And that goes in tandem with parents kind of learning that, oh yeah, we need to kind of loosen the reins a bit at a time. So was this your experience too, Jenny, watching Abby grow? How did you actually discover this process of building trust? Right. It's a good question.
2: I think that every one of us experienced this, even as you were describing it. What I thought back to was when I was growing up as a teen and as a young adult and how I wanted to have the freedom to make my choices and I wanted my parents to implicitly trust me. Then, of course, the tables turned, I became a parent, right? And I think that trust is something that needs to be built over time and very young children implicitly trust us and then when they grow older they realize that it's something that they want to possess for themselves and they want it to be reversed and they want you to trust them so i think for my children let me see yeah what would you say abby would you say that i trust you guys a lot
0: (laughs) i think definitely you're right about it being built over time i think something that really helped was especially when we were smaller and you didn't want us to do something, right, or you want us to come back by a certain time, like you have a curfew, it's 10 p.m. And I'll be like, oh, but why? My friends get to stay out till 11, that kind of thing. You would make sure that you explain the rationale so it's not like there's just a rule and that's it. Like, mm. it ends the conversation there, but you always left the conversation open by explaining why uh, you want me to do a certain thing or to help a certain way or to be back by a certain time. So I think, like, even when I got in trouble or, like, did something wrong, and yeah, I got, like, scolded for it like, when I was smaller like Mm. my parents and my dad would like always make sure to explain to me this is why there are consequences to your actions and then this is the reason we are unhappy or this is the reason that we have to punish you it's not because you inherently are like a bad child but it's because you did this thing and this action has consequences so i think that really helped me trust them and help them trust me as well because then i could respond accordingly and appropriately because i understood where they were coming from
2: and i think if you take a step back from that as well is there are two things you're saying here. One is that communication process that needs to be foundational. If there is no open communication, there is no regular communication mm. at a certain level beyond just get this done, just administrative. It's a communication where there's a connection of the heart. That you know somehow that my heart is for you. And that as a child, somehow knowing that, as June mentioned earlier, that I've got your back. And then you'll be more open to that communication because every year that you grow older, we need to talk about more things. Right. It's just like mm. we're coming into another clearing in the forest. We've never been here before. We've got to talk about it again. Mm. you know. And we have to develop, therefore, Judah, I'm saying we have to develop that communication habit. Mm. And a part of the communication habit also, as I reflect on my own journey, is uh, being clear about what is important to me as a parent. Mm. What are my non-negotiables? And also realizing that My non-negotiables have to take into consideration I'm raising a child in a different generation a different context. So there is quite a lot of homework as it were in the background that a parent must constantly be doing thinking Mm -hmm. through these things. And I always like to say parenting is a full-time job whether you like it or not. So you have to give time to think Mm -hmm. about these things and for me, that is helpful. I find that I do give pockets of time every day to think through what season I'm at, what I want to say to my child, how best to say it. And whenever I've done that, you know, it's always gone much better than when I fly off the handle, when I'm just pressurized and I haven't processed what is it I really want and I'm saying 10,000 mm. things to them and it doesn't make sense to them. you know. Mm. So I always feel pulling back, processing and then developing communication uh, will be very critical. Foundation to even building the trust.
1: Mm. Mm. I really like what you said about this is really a communication habit mm. that you're building and how you take time to reflect even before you sort of place an expectation or be it a rule or a preference for what Mm. you want your children to sort of adhere to. And it also sounds like it's a bit of a two-way process. Like it's not just you downloading one way, Mm. but it's also receiving from Abby, like what's hearing from her, what's important perhaps?
2: That is true. I think one of the blind spots we as parents have is we somehow come from the we know better kind of place, right? And what was very humbling was, I think when my children were going through the teen phase and then they suddenly morph into this moody, unpleasant thing that doesn't quite <laughs> do what you say, you know? And I remember taking a step back and asking myself, what was I like as a teen? And I realised, ah, I was just as bad a monster if not worse, you know? Uh, and then that allowed me to have a lot more empathy for my children, you know, as I realised they are developing, they are grappling with a lot of mm. things... So I have two children. Besides Abby, I have a son, Keith, uh, who's five and a half years younger. And Keith is a completely different personality from Abby. So Abby and I were very tight growing up together. Keith has a very independent, almost unusual, maverick kind of streak. And I remember a very significant conversation I had with my son. Uh, was at a meal table when I said, I asked my son, Do you feel overwhelmed as a Gen Z? And he looked at me and said, Yes, I do. And I asked him to tell me more. Uh, And it was coming from the place where I took a step back and I realised that the world that they have to navigate is actually really hard nowadays. Mm. You know, I mean, 10-year-old kids know about the war in Ukraine. Last time when we were 10-year-old, we were still like, you know, blah, blah, and we were playing and we were not so worried. But now they have to navigate a lot of information they're actually not prepared for. So I realised that it can create an additional layer that parents have to penetrate because it's like there's this fog of Mm. information overlooked for our children Mm. and that significant conversation with my son was good because i think he felt somebody was taking the effort to understand the emotional strain that as a teenager growing up they are facing which Mm. probably he didn't even know how to articulate himself Mm. so that memory was very powerful for me uh. Well,
1: thanks for sharing about that incident. It feels like you have to intentionally step into their world Mm. before you even begin to Mm. intentionally build trust Mm. and a stronger relationship between you and your child.
2: Yeah, and with that anecdote, I'm also saying that sometimes it's not your child doesn't trust you, but your child is living in a more scary world. Mm. Trust is actually harder for them.
1: For a parent's point of mm. view, seeing that there are so many scary things out there, it can be quite terrifying for a parent too, <laughs> I yes. mean, speaking for myself right, <laughs> as a parent of three young kids. So I'm just wondering, were there any apprehensions or specific fears you had in the past that you felt you had to deal with or process as you learned to sort of give trust to your children?
2: Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, all parents have irrational fears, like, will my kid joined a gang or something? And in some ways, <laughs> sometimes my husband and I, we talk about our son and we say, gosh, he could easily join a gang. He's just got that profile, you know. He's getting into scuffles in school and stuff like that. I think we, we all have all these worries about our children. Sometimes mm-hmm. the unhealthy thing is we futurize too much. And mm-hmm. we imagine one bad habit they are doing now, and that's going to mark their whole life, and then that's going to turn out that way. And when I realised I was doing that, I had to pull myself back. And say hello, please, la, be a bit more sensible and kind of find some anchor to stabilise myself and know that life is really full of surprises. So the rising thing is real, it's that tendency we need to use. But I did have a specific fear, maybe not so much for you, Abby, but more for your bro. La, because the younger brother didn't fit the mainstream education very well. Mm-hmm. So I definitely have a lot of fear for how he will turn out and also i could see that his self-esteem was quite beaten up by the system so those fears as we all know fear can propel us it did tend to propel me towards a space where i was anxious and out of that anxiety i was trying to overplan for his life or trying to maybe do a bit too much mm. yeah but at some point i realized that he has his own journey mm. and maybe my role is not to ensure that the journey has no road bumps that has helped. La. And those significant conversations I was able to have with him has helped a lot. you know, and he's turned out quite differently from what I was afraid of.
1: <laughs> wow, yeah. that's great to know. And so encouraging, too. In most parent-child relationships, you know there are times when the trust is tested. perhaps hmm. a small rule is broken or mistakes are made, and feelings are hurt. During those teenage years, parents and teens may find it even more difficult to navigate this trust because the teen is ready and raring to go, right? But the parent is still holding on, Mm. you know, worried about what might happen if they let go too quickly or too much. Mm. So how do we rebuild the trust when it is broken in some way? I think one big thing was
0: the open communication and also listening, like remembering not just to talk or to defend yourself, but also like to listen to the other side. So I think something that was big, both for my brother and I, I was just talking to Kif about it last night actually at the dinner table. there was eat supper together. Then he was sharing about how our parents can be very good listeners. And I think that helps a lot because it gives us like the space to also share about our own lives and they mm. encourage us to share about the things we're processing, our thoughts, our plans for the future, our hopes and fears. And then as a result that builds like the emotional intimacy and also the trust. So even when it gets hard, there's in a sense, like there's trust in the storage to fall back on. Mm. I'm not quite sure how to describe it. It's kind of like there's emotional reserves. Mm. So even when a conflict occurs, you still know that when push comes to shove, like, your parents will love you, or they'll be there for you, and it's not something they just expect you to know while being quiet about it. I know a lot of traditional parents, sometimes they don't say, I love you, or they don't say, I'll be there for you, and it's just kind of expected that you know these things. But I think it really helps when it's articulated, because sometimes mm. you know deep down, but then you it doesn't feel real, and so it really helps when it's said out loud, and it helps yeah. when they take the time to really find out about how you're doing, and even though sometimes I think, especially when I was a younger teen, or my brother, when he's preoccupied with his games or stuff like that, then he won't want to engage in like a full-on heart-to-heart conversation in that moment. But even that gesture of you asking, like if the child doesn't respond, that gesture of you still trying to hear how their day went um, means a lot. Yeah.
2: yeah. It helps build the yeah. relationship. I like, to, I like to jump in there. And I think mm-hmm. as parents, we need to take the lead here. Mm. I know that when my kids were small, we regularly intrude in their space. (laughs) Sometimes we annoy them a lot, but you just have to take a bit of risk and understand that because they need their space, they will get a little bit annoyed. But you have to trust that your love is getting through to them somehow. And I think that because I keep getting into the fray, like with my son, when we have conflict, I will come back to him. Or with my daughter, I will go back to her room. I might apologise and then we might make up. And what I've noticed right now is, as the children are older, they are doing that back to me. So now I can get through a bit of tantrum. No, I'm not saying that, but (laughs) I I sometimes do. I have to confess, you know. I get blue and then my kids now know that it's okay, it's safe. They have the confidence to come in and check in and... And do that for us which is really really (laughs) gratifying (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah
1: wow i really love that i feel quite inspired you know because it's like i mean hearing both of you share is it almost feels like trust is not developed in a vacuum Mm. you have to have a sort of emotional base um you know the regular communication the regular knocking on the door checking in listening and even forgiving and making up, right? Yeah. All these things actually so unseen and sometimes so unspoken, mm. but it actually builds this foundation for trust to then flourish, right? Mm. Because no matter what the child has done or even the parent has done, you know you can come together mm. and kind of meet each other where yeah. we are at.
2: Things so, can always be repaired. That's what I
0: always say.
1: Yeah. yeah
0: I think the being willing to apologize thing is also a big deal because I always feel like I learned how to apologize genuinely from my parents I remember like probably the first apology I ever received was when I was very small I think it's probably from my dad they had scolded me or something and then he felt bad probably because <laughs> I think he raised his voice a bit and then maybe I looked scared so he came to my room after I think I must have been very small but the memory just stuck with me and then he said oh he's sorry he like lost his temper and he didn't mean to raise his voice so much then he explained why he got upset and I think that really helped me understand his point of view and feel closer to him it builds trust because i know my parents are human they make mistakes
2: but they are willing to like own their mistakes as well yes we are human Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> actually yeah. i'd like to make a little plug i think during covid my mm. daughter and i made a series of videos which is on my facebook uh, just for fun. just just nothing for fun. to do <laughs> so we were we were just having conversations about topics that are of concern for someone her age like uh relationships making decisions oh, yeah, you know, yeah, what yeah. is maturity hmm. and stuff like that so yeah if you're interested you can go to my facebook and check that out <laughs> hmm. and they're called the maboo videos M-
1: maboo yeah. how do you spell that oh, M-A- m-a-b-o-o
2: <laughs> because she used
1: to call me boo when i was small right yeah, I and mean, she's still there sometimes nice nice i'll definitely check it out and we hope that our listeners will too So thank you for sharing, you know, your experiences and stories with us, Uh, Jenny and Abby. I feel inspired and encouraged and I think I would speak for a majority of our listeners out there as well. Would you like to share any last tips on what you think is the most important thing parents or even the child can do to build this trusting and open relationship?
2: I think that um, being able to offer trust and be a trustworthy person it's really not an easy thing. I mean, some of us may have grown up with parents uh, that did not trust us. Some of us may have been betrayed in life and you are going through a hard time. So I think one of the things is taking good care of yourself and making sure that you have somebody out there that you also trust. You need to experience what trust is like in order to grow in it and in order to be able to offer it. Trust is very linked to a sense of safety, I feel. Mm -hmm. And that is what we all need foundationally just to be able to feel secure in life. So it's something we are all capable of. Like I say, we can repair ourselves, our stories, our narratives, our history, our memories. It can be done. And then we can offer something more stable and hopeful for our children.
0: Mm. Mm -hmm. I think for the kids, I think that, (laughs) or the young adults or teens, I think that for a lot of your childhood, you're dependent on your parents and they set the tone for what the family culture is, for how the communication will be, but you kind of hit an age. I guess it varies for different individuals where that relationship kind of changes and it becomes more of a friendship, almost, with your parents, mm. or you become more almost like peers in a sense because you are almost adult. You know, you start to almost become <laughs> like take greater ownership and responsibility, do. <laughs> and awareness of like the dynamics and things around you. And I think that's when actually you can. Play a big part in changing or even helping to grow the family culture or mm. the family climate. And I think that's something like I've been talking about with my friends because sometimes my friends will tell me, like, oh, I wish like I was closer to my parents. I wish I could tell them things. Or I wish my parents said, I love you. But they're not that kind of parent, you know. They're the kind of parent that not- never says it. They just give you vitamins. And that means they <laughs> love you because they care <laughs> about your immune system. And I was like, yeah, that's so true. But like, I feel that like as a child, even though it's probably so much. More difficult and more intimidating because this is how you've grown up. It's all you've ever known, right? This is what your family is like, and perhaps you don't even see anything particularly wrong with it. But you might wish it was a bit more open or a bit more different. And there's always that small steps that you can take to reach out to your parents and to just try to change the family culture and to set a new normal, I suppose. New normal. Yeah. New normal. Yeah. And even for your own family, like after you grow up and get married, like you don't have to just import what you grew up with into your next family, but you can actually write a completely different story.
1: Wow, wise words indeed. Thank you both of you. Thank you, Jenny and Abby. For those tuning in, if you've benefited from Jenny's sharing as well, do check out her book, Simple Tips for Happy Kids. It's available at major online bookstores like Amazon and Kinokuniya. You can also get it directly from churchlife-resources.org For more parenting resources, do visit our website at family.org.sg Do keep tuning in to the Paranet Podcast to learn and grow in your parenting journey.